Amen. Amen. Well, it's great to have everyone here this morning, and uh, certainly uh, encouraged by the singing and Jordan, and we uh, have some other things coming up here in a little bit, so it's always good to be together. So I always like jumping in the Word, but I do have a couple things I want to talk about real fast. Do you have a cell phone? Okay, grab it really quick. Grab it super quick. Now, the ringer should be turned off, but that's a side point. So what I want you to do is I want you to go into your app store, and if you haven't already done this, download the DFW Church app right now. So go ahead and do it. So overload, use up your data, whatever you want to do. Um, Go ahead and download. Now, if you already have the app, I want you to go ahead and refresh it. So update it. So, what's it called? The DFW Church app. I saw your lips. I can read lips. Uh, I'm not going to say it was Nelson's wife. Amen. So, I won't say her name. So, update it. Now, so if, if you're doing that right now, you will come up with this really cool looking app that the church has, and you should be updated. Now, the reason I'm doing that is because during the lesson, if you want, you can go to the regions, which is on top of the star, go to the region, hit northwest. Now, some of you could hit give. We have a box back there, but that's not what I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> and on the bottom, hit sermon notes. Sermon notes, and you'll see the fellowship of the desperate, and right below that, tenants of the, in the midst of chaos. And you can push that, and now you have an outline of my lesson here that I'm going to go over in the next few minutes. So, so you have the, the notes, so you can follow along. So, so in other words, what like, for instance, if you're in, in the, the youth and family or, or, or marriage ministry, you can look like you're taking notes and following along as you're really checking your email and Facebook. <laughs> so you, at least you can look spiritual when you're doing all this other stuff on your phone. So you don't have to follow along now. You can just look on your phone, okay? So... So download it right now, so, so you'll have it. Now, I'm not going to follow my notes. I'm actually going to dive in here and get into the Word here. So um, Jordan already said it. I'll say it again, and Paul is going to say it the third time. If you're a man, sign up for the men's retreat, all right? We, we uh, are going to have a great time next week. I want to get all the men there. And if money is an issue, if money is an issue talk to Dante. Okay, Dante's in the back, so go talk to him. So, okay, so a couple weeks ago I preached, and I did a lesson, and basically it was not my will, but yours be done. It was about start off with Genesis, and how God is taking us from the beginning to Jesus and how God is trying or has been trying to restore our relationship with the Father. And at the end of the day, Jesus was like, I don't want to go to the cross. 
but it's not my will, let your will be done. And so for the next couple weeks, when I I preach, I want to keep that in our back of our mind, is that Jesus went to the cross. It wasn't his will. It was the Father's will, but it was the only way to draw us back to a relationship with God. So, Genesis chapter 1 through 6, it's all about God creating order out of chaos. And I know there's a lot of chaos going on in our society, and there's a lot of chaos going on in your life right now. And we can talk about that chaos, but at the end of the day, God gets it, and he's trying to create order. He's trying to give us understanding. He's trying to give us principles, guidelines. That's what tenant means, tenants, guidelines, standards to lead us. But the chaos and the floods are coming, so we have to prepare. And there's three guys in chapter 1 through 6 that you see. You see Adam starting off, and it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees in the garden. So Adam quit walking. They hid themselves from God. Then you see Cain. And Cain walked away from the presence of, the, of God. Genesis chapter 4, verse 16. It says, And Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. And then lastly, you see Noah. And Noah, it says, walked with. Genesis 6, verse 9. It says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. So again, tenets, beliefs, guidelines, principles to help us. What we're going to do is we're going to look at three tenets, three guidelines, three principles to help us walk with God. Because what is discipleship? Discipleship's about walking with God, understanding how to walk with God. And we're going to look at these principles because chaos is here and chaos is coming. So we know the story of Genesis. God created the world and it was good. Then God created man and he said it was very good. And then in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, it says, God says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created them. Male and female, he created them. So we understand through Genesis that we're created in God's image, in his likeness. The breath of life God breathed into us. At the end of the day, you're awesome. God made you. God created you in his likeness, in his image, in his mind. He's given you his breath of life. God looks at you, and he looks at you as you're awesome. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. says that God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. 
and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is the face of the earth and every tree with the seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and every beast on the earth and every bird in the heaven and everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. And then lastly, Genesis chapter 3, or actually chapter 5 and verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made them in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them. He blessed them and named them man when they were created. Okay, let's take a breath now for a second. So what's the first point? God has a high view of man. God made us in his image, his likeness. He says, I want you to go and fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. I've given you everything, every living thing, every plant, every tree. God was so fired up that he gave every beast, every bird, every creeping thing, and everything that has life in it, every green plant of food. It's like, you know, when you get excited, you just start giving away everything. And both men and women have the characteristics of their father. The way we think, the way we reason, the way we communicate, the way we love and sacrifice. God looks at you. God looks at the person next to you. And in God's eyes, you're awesome this color of my skin is awesome the way my teeth are in my mouth if you have teeth are awesome (laughs) the the texture of my hair is awesome the shape of my head the shape of my body my rear end or lack of rear end My legs, my toes are awesome in God's eyes. How tall, how short, how skinny, how how pleasantly plump (laughs) is awesome in God's eyes. How you think, how you reason, how you consider are all in the Father's eyes incredible and awesome. You know, it's so easy to believe the lie that no one loves you. It's so easy to believe the lie that you're alone. You know, low self-esteem, you don't, you don't mean anything, Society, the world, your family, they look at you this way. I don't know. But at the end of the day, God blessed. God made you. You know, what does it mean to be blessed? God blessed Adam and Eve. You know, 
Again, I studied out. Sometimes when I ask questions, what does it mean? It's because, really, what does it mean to be blessed? Well, in God's eyes, it's the state of happiness and well-being. God blessed Adam and Eve. He says, I want you to be happy. I want you to have well-being. You know, it's like, think about being our parents blessing us. Or if we have kids, blessing them. You know, imagine being a son or a daughter of God, having an inside track as an heir. You're blessed. So God looks at you, how you're made, and he thinks you're awesome. Now the challenge thing is, is that that means the person next to you is also awesome. In God's eyes. You know, and it's really a, it's a struggle that I have, this concept, because, because there are certain things in my mind and maybe our culture that I want to hold on to that because it kind of fits me and my pattern of life. For instance, you know, like uh, I was raised up in, in you know, a, a somewhat of a structured household, a lot of dysfunction, but there was somewhat structure in, in a society. And, you know, like, for instance, like the death penalty. I'm like, eh, yeah, death penalty, that's a good idea. You kill somebody, you die. You kill a lot of people, you die. We need to have the death penalty. In fact, I moved to a state that we have an express lane in the death penalty. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, well, you know, if God looks at man with a high view of, a high view, high view of man, and if, and if all men are created in God's eyes, should I have that mindset? Now, for instance, like abortion, that's easy for me. I'm, I'm a male. I don't carry a baby. But in my mind, ah, you know what? Hey, abortion's wrong. You shouldn't have abortions because those lives mean something. Yeah. Well, how can I hold on to the death penalty? And how can I hold on to no abortion? That's, that's incongruent. That's, that's conflicting viewpoints. I'm telling you, you got to honor the life in you and you can't have an abortion. But I'm like, pull the switch. It's, it's, it's backward because my theology doesn't match. And so what does God say? Well, you're awesome. I love you. You're created in my image. Your life means something. All right, I can give up death penalty. I can give up having conviction that I think we need to have the death penalty. Because, see, God thinks highly of all life. Each person is valued, and it needs to affect how we treat one another and those around us. And see, walking with God, learning how to walk with God, means that we have to learn how to walk and value God and other people. We, or t- let me re- rephrase that. Walking with God embraces how much God values you and other people. So if we're going to walk with God, that means we got to realize that God thinks I'm awesome and all the people around me are awesome. Let's keep on reading. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 4. These are the generations of the heaven and the earth when they were created. In that day, the Lord God made the heaven and earth when no brush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant in the field had yet sprung up. 
For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was going up from the ground, or the land, and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man out of dust from the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Now, it's, there's a, so much here, we don't have time to get into it. But, but one thing that should grab you is that what... Genesis is saying here is, Lord God. The Lord God did this. The Lord God did that. And it's Yahweh, creator, the covenant partner. Basically, covenant means agreement, bond, pledge of loyalty, friendship. It's the beginning of what I preached about before, hesed, that, that covenant love, that covenant relationship. And what God did, Yahweh, Lord God, is I'm creating a relationship with you. So the Lord God formed, created man in his likeness and his image. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was his name. The man gave names to all the livestock and the birds of the heavens and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. Now you think about this for a second. As awesome as man is, And how awesome man's relationship with God is, man still needs human companionship. Animals fail to meet the real need. I mean, I love animals. I mean, a lot of people. Sherry Centellan loves animals. She's right now on, uh, in, in... Italy, her and George, and she sent me a picture of a dog (laughs) about 15 minutes ago, both Patty and I. Okay, here's a woman who loves animals. And as much as I love Tank and Bowser, Tank and Bowser only goes so far in meeting a relational need in my life. That's why I have Grant. That's why I have Patty. That's why I have most of you in this room. That's why I have re- my mom and my brothers and sisters. You need a little bit more than an animal. Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon man, and while he was asleep, took one of her ribs, closed up in his place in his flesh, and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to man. Then the man said, this is the last of my bones in my, this is the last, this is, this at last is bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman because she was taken out of a man. I have, I have complete understanding and belief that God is not a Texan because of this scripture. Because God made a woman and not ribs. Amen. I've argued ribs. So, so if he was Texan, all right? Hey, I got to try. Some are going to fall flat. You know, you know. So here's the thing. Designed for relationships. We're designed 
in relationships. And, and we're designed in and for relationships. We need relationships. This is how we're created. Okay, so I get a, I get a card coming in. I get a picture of a dog. I get a card. I get people asking different things. So I get a card from Jill. And Robert and Katie. Jill, as you know, many of you know, had open heart surgery a few months ago. Robert has cancer and is undergoing cancer treatment, surgery, and chemo. Brothers and sisters, there are no words to express the gratitude we feel. Thank you just doesn't seem to cut it. The prayers. God hears the prayers of the saints, the food, the rides for Robert, and watching over Katie. We feel relief, loved, cared for. Thank you so much for the sacrifice and your time, energy to help us in this journey. Love, Robert, Jill, and Katie. Relationships. You know, it's interesting. The, The reason Robert and Jill and Katie are able to write something like that and feel that way is, one, They're created in and for relationships. But two, they make themselves available for relationships. You know, it's one thing saying, ah, you're supposed to love me. Well, come. Come and engage. And then you'll be able to develop those relationships. But if you don't show up, don't blame me. So you got to ask yourself, how are you doing in your relationships? You know, here in the garden, God is regularly coming to meet with Adam and Eve, hanging out with them, walking in the garden. You see this fullness of relationship between God, Adam, and Eve. Because we're developed for relationships. So point one, number one was God's high view of man. You're awesome. And you are also created in and for relationships and not with dogs, with other people. But in spite of how awesome creation is, how awesome man and woman is, how awesome their relationship with God is, chaos continues. And I love this. Now you have interjected a talking snake. Let's go there for a few minutes. A talking snake. A talking donkey, another part of the Bible. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than all the other beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. Well, God didn't say that. But the serpent said to the woman, you should not surely die, for God knows when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. We're actually going to preach about that 
in two weeks, I think. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was delight to the eyes and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband who was just standing, not saying a word, right next to his wife. (laughs) Then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So the mood changes. Harmony gives way to discord, mutual trust to suspicion. And you have the entrance of this snake. And this snake speaks boldly of God. Elohim. Not Yahweh. Elohim is the distant creator. The faraway God that created everything. Instead of the Lord God, the Yahweh, the covenant creator, the covenant partner created, creator that you see used in earlier chapters. And, and, and this talking snake asks whether God had actually forbidden men to eat from every tree. And that seed of doubt. And, and you, know, you have the sin of Adam and Eve, and, and I'll briefly mention it here, but that's really not the point exactly what happened. But, but what happened specifically was Eve was quite, appears quite oblivious to the danger or the dangerous nuances and simply corrects the snake. Like, no, no, God didn't, didn't say that. He said this. But then she actually distanced herself from Lord God. Instead of the, my partner, my relationship, the, walk, the one I'm walking with, the one I, get to, I know really well, yeah, it's that distant God. And she adopts the less friendly title of God. And she actually then adds that little addition, like, well, yeah, even if you touch it, you die. And God never said that. And in her mind, the fruit, the desire, the good, the, the delight, she took a bite. And that was her sin. But, you know, the killer sin for me as a guy was Adam, who was there the whole time, and he was silent. He knew the snake. He named the snake. He knew exactly the qualities of the snake. I mean, you get something walking in here, and it, and it has udders, and it gives milk, and you're like, mmm, cow. Milk, cow, okay? And something gallops through and has hoofs and, and knees a little bit here, and they're like, mmm, horse. Oh, snake. He knew it. He knew what the snake was. And he was just sitting there, probably on his behind, and didn't say a word. You know, there's, there's a huge study in there, guys. The sin of men and women. And, and I think it highlights here, dudes, you guys are men. You know the biggest challenge for men are sitting on your butt and not saying anything. That's your biggest challenge. Not stepping up. Not leading. That's, that's men's biggest challenge. But we're not going to talk about that. So what's the third point? The high view of God versus the low view of God. See, what happened is that 
throughout the Bible, it's God, 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 Lord God. Oh, look at God. And the snake comes in, and it's, and it's no longer relational covenant God. It's the distant God, the faraway God. And see, what happened is that Adam and Eve both adopted a low view of God, the distant creator, not close, not relational. They chose things that seemed to be good to them and were not taking responsibility that they had because they had a low view of God. Now let's put this on practicality for a second. Man, if you were here two weeks ago, we had family time. And we're going to have family time again just for a second. So if you're a visitor with us today, just go ahead and get out your cell phones, check out our website, you know, or, or, or you got some, some music you want to listen to, great, go ahead. But if you're a member of the body, let's have some family time here for a second. Let's consider God's high view of you. He loves you. He loves you. You can walk around saying, I'm pretty, I'm so pretty, I'm so pretty. <laughs> I mean, oh, wow. All right, so a couple of people started singing around, okay? And, or, or you're studly, you're studly. I mean, I don't care. I don't care what you do, but God looks at you, and, and you've been created in his image, just like if you have a child, your child is kind of in your image. And there's a part of your child that no one, you can't deny that's yours. <laughs> but that's mine, and I love my child. I love the way he looks. I mean, I can give Grant a hard time. He's sitting on the front row. The way he looks, the way he acts, that's my boy. It's my son. I love my boy. But then you see in the Genesis story how man has separated from himself from God, but God all along trying to restore that relationship. Every person is loved by God. Every member, every family member, every neighbor, every Republican, and every Democrat is loved equally by God. Heaven forbid. <laughs> Margaret, every Republican is loved by God. And I can tease other people. Like I said, I had to, I had to reconcile like abortion and death penalty. I, I had to, I had to, I got to be on this one page. Life. God loves life. God loves me. God loves you. It's like racism. What is that? Really? You, you treat someone because of a, of a color of their skin differently? You treat someone different because someone has more money? You, see, you treat someone different because maybe they're on TV? So God loves us, and we're beautiful in his sight. We're valued. So how do you, you got to ask yourself, how do you view man? How do you view man? Not yourself. Maybe not your, if you fell in love with somebody. But how do you view other people? Do you have a high view of them? How, how do you speak about people? Ah, oh, I catch myself. I, you know, 
again, I lead a church, 1,200-member church, and I can, oh, it's a spiritual thing, you know. I mean, I'm talking about other people because I'm a, I'm a man of God, and, you know, i got to be able to speak the truth about Alan, and, you know, you guys, you know, I mean, and I just find ways to talk about Alan because it's a spiritual thing to do. I don't do that. I say it out loud in front of his face. I mean, you know, so... I mean, <laughs> No, we have a great relationship. He actually beat me in the golf outing the other day, yesterday. Cheated. <laughs> and, 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 and kudos to Kerry Mehappy for his team winning it all. Yay. So good for him. Don't clap for him. Amen. So I, I, but it's like, but how do you, do you look at someone and says, man, God loves you. You're awesome. You're incredible. God loves you. And so, you know what, I, I, I can't, I'm not going to say something negative about you or demeaning about you or, I'm not going to do that. Now, if I got to talk to you about something, I'll talk to you about something and I'll shoot straight with you. But at the end of the day, if God looks at you highly, values you highly, it's going to dictate everything that comes out of my mouth about you no gossip no slander no demeaning but what's helpful in building up dude that's hard it's hard to live that way but if God has a high view of man I, I gotta do that well how about creating relationship Created in his image, the relational God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's not good to be alone. Why? Why is it not good to be alone? Well, God wants us to have companionship. Take off the rough edges. Teaches us how to love God and love one another, including ourselves. Relationships give us strength, give us hope, give us vision. You know, we need to learn how to have healthy relationships. We need, to, we need to have relational building in the church. And at the end of the day, vulnerability, openness, taking responsibility, these are things that help develop great relationships. How vulnerable are you? How open are you? You know, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with throwing myself under the bus. Here am I. Because if I tell you the truth about who I am, I don't have to worry about lies. I don't have to worry about what you think because you know who I am. And if you like me, great. That's fine. If you don't, that's fine too. But at least you know who I am. And we'll have a real relationship because I'm vulnerable or open. Taking responsibility. You know, we got together this morning with a bunch of men in the Northwest region that lead like Bible talks or family groups. And these, these are a bunch of guys who are taking responsibility, that love the body, love the church. I, want, I need to lead. Maybe they don't want to lead, but I need to lead. Because the body of Christ needs leaders, and they're willing to step up. And I love that, taking responsibility. Then the last thing, oh, and and all this stuff takes time. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. 
But if you walk, you got to start somewhere. And you've got to remember you're creating a relationship. Then the last thing is embracing a high view of God. Probably the most difficult. And the least notes I have on that. Seriously. Embracing a high view of God. Elohim versus Yahweh. If we take, if we take a high view of God, that really changes everything about what we do. Because we're talking about the holy God. We're talking about the God who created that wants to walk with us. We're talking about the all-knowing, all-powerful God. We're talking about judgment, accountability. We're talking about the God that knows your innermost thoughts, everything about you. That we can hide or we don't have the verbal communication skills to communicate effectively. God gets it. And if we have a, if we embrace a high view of God, that's going to change everything about our walk. Everything about our walk with God. I got to get up early because I got to walk with the High God, the, the powerful God, the loving God, the, the covenant God. I got to get up. I got to sacrifice my time. I, I, have, I have to be to church on time. I, I actually have to be here at 10 and not 10, 15. I have to make myself available on Wednesday nights or Whatever we maybe have discipling times or, or, or get-togethers. I have to look at my, my, my bank account. How do I spend my money? Maybe I don't have lattes every, every day. Maybe I, I say no to that extra coffee so I can, be, I can balance my budget. I have to, whatever. You, you get the points, Okay. I can go all day long because if we take the high view of God versus the low view of God, then we have actually a chance of repentance. And, and we can repent now and not when we stand before the judgment seat. And guys, you've got to remember in Genesis chapter 1 through 6, the floods are coming. God grieved man. And that's a whole other story. God grieved man. And he said, that's it. It's done. And he brought the flood. But see, chaos is here. I, I, you know, I'm getting to a point where I don't like to watch the news anymore. I just don't like it because chaos, chaos, chaos. And you got to embrace the walk. Because the only way you're going to be able to get through the chaos and the floods is that if you embrace these three things. God loves you. He values you and the person next to you. You're created. You're created to have relationships. 
emotional, close relationships and have a high view of God. Not the low view, but the high view. God, the covenant partner. God who wants to walk with me. God who wants me to get me through all this chaos. Because <sighs> the floods are coming. And some of us are in the floods now. I get that. But if you don't believe it, trust me. Because they're coming. And I believe God has given us the tenets, the beliefs, the guidelines to get us through the chaos. So as we go to Go to God now in prayer for the communion. I pray that we'll always sit, set our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's go to God in prayer. Our Father God, we come to you now this time humbled and grateful for your word. Man, your word is awesome. How deep you can go. Father, if you just study it out, and you know that. Father, we pray at this time that all of us well, just look at these three things and just embrace, Father, that you love us, that you do care for us, that you want the best for us. And that, God, that, that means we should have, want the best for each other. And, and, God, learn how to have close relationships. And, Father, that we'll look at you as Yahweh, our covenant Father, covenant relational God that does care for us. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your love. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, and it's because of him that we can know you. We love you. We're humbled. It's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.